0: Almighty God, to you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, through Christ our Lord. Amen. Before we go any further, um, you might have already noticed things are going a little bit different than they do on a Sunday morning, and that's because we're doing this morning what we're calling a liturgy tour We have done this every year or two, and it's now been almost three years since we've done it. And um, what it is, is we're going to take you through the liturgy, and instead of a traditional sermon, I'm going to be giving kind of a biblical and theological commentary on each step of the service and the liturgy and why we do what we do. Many of you are new to the church, not just new to Christchurch, but new to Anglicanism. And you might have questions about what's happening here. And even if you intuitively are drawn to it, um, as, you, as you hear some of it unpacked, it becomes richer. So let's begin with the processional. We started the service. We're all in the back, all of us who have robes on. We are not anything special. We are you. We are children and teenagers and adults. We are men and women. We are clergy and non-clergy. We are a representation of the whole body. And what we're doing by starting the service in the back and coming forward, we're enacting what all of creation is doing. All of creation moves in worship toward the throne of God. That's the trajectory of the entire creation and cosmos. What we're doing here on a small scale is true on an infinite scale. So we join with the rest of God's church on earth, in heaven, all the saints. And with all the angels, and we move toward this encounter with the living God that we're going to have this morning through his word and at the table and among his people. Another aspect of what's happening in this movement forward, you notice every time the first thing is the cross. And everybody, it's never in the middle or the back as we process in. The beginning of the service is always leading the way. And that's because we are a people who follow the cross of Christ. All people here and everywhere, in procession, joining in praises and in song with all the saints and the angels. We come following the cross, and then we look ahead next to what's going to happen is confession of our sins. And let me say a word about confession and, and absolution, what happens next. We're got, as, when I finish here, we're going to turn right to the confession. So we've looked back. Let me look forward with you for a second. As we go into the confession, think about it this way. I once heard someone say, uh, recalling and confessing our sins is like taking out the garbage. Once is not enough. We need to do it every week again. In fact, maybe even every day, our thoughts, our words, every little thing, it accumulates. And so as the people of God, when we gather every week, we do this every week again and again. We come and bring all of who we are. In fact, the, the image of garbage is, is appropriate. There's a book by a guy named Neil Plantinga. It's called, Not the Way It's Supposed to Be. And it's all about, what is sin and its impact on the world? And he talks about it this way. He says, the image of pollution suggests bringing together what are to be kept apart. I think we have this on a slide. Can we put that up? Let's see if we have a, do we have a slide of that? Not sure if we do this morning. If not, you can just listen, listen along. The image of pollution suggests bringing together what are to be kept apart to pollute soil air or water is to blend into them foreign materials machine oil for example so that these natural resources no longer nourish or delight very well similarly the introduction of a third lover into a marriage or an idol into the natural human relation with god adds a foreign agent to them it corrupts these entities by addition So when we confess our sins, what we're doing is we're not, it's not a groveling in guilt moment. It's a dealing with guilt moment. It's bringing who we are and and the things that we know that we, ways that we fall short, that we've hurt people and and the, the people around us and even broader and societal impact of our own choices. And we bring that before God and we receive his grace, his mercies, his forgiveness. And then what happens is you'll hear one of the priests Will speak these words of forgiveness over you. Now, the priest doesn't have any power to forgive you. It's, the priest is simply speaking the forgiveness of God over you. Sometimes it's called words of assurance, um, absolution. And the, the priest is saying, Good news, everybody. You are forgiven. Let it sink in. Know it. You've been set free. Sometimes we need to hear someone tell us about God's forgiveness. In the absolution, the priest is saying maybe to Nancy, God forgives you. Or to Tom, Tom, God doesn't hold anything against you. Or to me, Cliff, God has set you free. And just hearing that word spoken over us, declaring what God does in his mercies after the confession is what happens in that word of absolution. So in the next few moments, we're going to look straight at pollution (laughs) Uh, We're going to call it what it is, and we're going to receive grace from the one who can truly scrub, clean all of us, all of creation. So would you please kneel or stand now as we prepare our hearts for confession? Let us humbly confess our sins to Almighty God, together, most merciful God,
1: Sun in the heavens or on the earth, there is no not one like you, Lord. You shine brighter than the sun in the heavens or on the earth, there is no not one like you, yourself in light a garment like the sun arrayed in holiness the everlasting all of it gods can't see they have ears but cannot hear you have made all things you alone are to be feared who has seen God like you Works for those who wait You loved us to the end And we long to see your face You've chosen us for love You've chosen us for life And so we leave you, move And we find ourselves in one like you, Lord. There is no, not one In the heavens or on the earth, there is no one like You, Lord. You shine brighter than the sun. In the heavens or on the earth, there is no one like You, Lord. You shine brighter than the sun. In the heavens or on There is no night like you, Lord. You shine brighter than the sun. Heavens are on the earth. There is no night
0: After we've confessed our sins and we hear the forgiveness and mercies of God, the next thing we do is we lift our voices up in song, and in, and that too has meaning and a place right there. In fact, in the liturgy, it's called the Gloria, it goes by the name of the Gloria, as a response, our response to hearing of the mercies of God. We're so grateful for the ways that God has set us free, so thankful for his mercies that we say, God, you're amazing, and we're going to express this in song. Christ Church, I love the way you sing and I always have. You, I've been, I've worshiped in a number of contexts and and some contexts where I worship, I look around and I realize that people aren't actually singing. There's kind of listening to what's happening up front. You guys sing and you sing in a full-throated, wholehearty way. I love to hear you sing. I want to encourage that uh, even more as you enter into those moments where we're responding as a Congregation to the goodness of God in song that you, you give your whole being to it. Um, many of you, you know Wes, obviously, as uh, our worship leader up here in music, but you don't also know that he is like our resident liturgist. Wes knows the prayer book better than these two priests combine. And um, it's so fun to just to hear his, his love and affection and, uh, for the prayer book. So when you get a bulletin every week, Um, there's a little section. You open it up, and the inside, down at the bottom, on the left side, there's a description of some aspect of the liturgy. We rotate it. There's 13 of those. Is that right, I think? 13 times 4 is 52. I think it's 13. We do it like four times a year they appear. And Wes has compiled and edited and written um, these descriptions of what's happening in our liturgy. So each week, you can consult that. But also, I want to share from that and some of what Wes has described as what's happening when we're singing. He wrote this Our God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is so ineffably glorious. The gospel of Jesus, such exceedingly good news that prose and spoken word can't properly do them justice. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> so we let the art of poetry and melodies and harmony and rhythm take us past the world of ideas and propositions into the unutterable language of the heart. The Bible instructs us to be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. So we come in confession, we receive the mercies of God, and that's how we respond, in the Gloria, which is what we just sang. After the Gloria, what happens next in our liturgies? we we send the kids out. And um, uh, actually, first, there's the collect. We pray the collect, and then we send the kids out. Now, this if you're around Anglicanism for a while, you realize we got a bunch of nerdy words like collect. What in the world is a collect, and why can't you just call it a prayer? But it's uh, collect actually is spelled like collect, and it has a same root meaning. And what's happening in the collect prayer is we're collecting the prayers of the saints, we're collecting ourselves, we're collecting our attention, and then offering it up in words, this kind of collected sense of the people of God and our attention upon a specific theme. Now, the colic prayer changes every week, and it changes according to the season that we're in or different aspects of the spiritual life, of life with God. So today, it has to do with the baptism of Jesus. This is the Sunday. In the church calendar, that in which the baptism of Jesus is the, the main text and the main theme. So, our colic prayer will, will be about his baptism. So, would you, oh, then we get to the kids. So, I, let me come back to that. So, when the kids go out, this is not just like a practical moment, like, oh, we gotta, we gotta, the kids need to be somewhere else. Let's take a moment in the service to take care of that. It's actually part of our life as a family, and we don't just send them out; we sing them out. Have you notice that we bless them as they go out. There's a there's a song and a joy and a, a blessing as our kids go out. And the reason they go out is the same reason that we stay, and that is to receive age-appropriate discipleship in God's Word. So we read the scriptures and we hear the sermon, and it's not so much child-oriented. And so there's, as the kids go out to Kids Quest, they're receiving the same thing based in scripture and an age-appropriate kind of discipleship in God's word, and then they come back after the sermon, and we regather. And that's a part of how we think about families, children, and worship. And um, there are some options, and this is done in some places, where you drop the kids off before you, when you come to church, and you pick them up after, and they do something different the entire time. There are other churches where the kids stay in the entire time. And this is kind of a mix of both, of saying we want to worship together all the generations and receive communion together and sing together and all the generations and also have some age appropriate teaching and discipleship time. So let's continue with the collect of the day. Please stand. The Lord is here. And let us pray. Eternal Father, at the baptism of Jesus, you revealed him to be your Son, and your Holy Spirit descended upon him like a dove. Grant that we who are born again by water and the Spirit may be faithful as your adopted children through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Now we invite the kids to follow the cross out to Kids' Quest and then they will be brought back after the sermon.
1: Let the flame burn bright
0: in the heart of the darkness,
1: turning night to glory. Let the song go loud.
0: Next, we go into the readings of the scriptures, and let me say a few words about the readings of the scriptures each week. Um, This has always been central to Christian worship, public Christian worship. In fact, you think about the printing press is 500 years old. The church is 2,000 years old. That means 1,500 years of church history and Christian worship is a period in which people did not have their own Bibles, their own Bible reading. For fifteen hundred years, the way that they engaged God's Word was through the ear, by going and among God's people, hearing it washed wash over them, hearing it read to them. And so, this is not only something that goes back two thousand years. In fact, it goes back to the synagogues and before Christ, and the way that worship happened in synagogue was the reading of of God's Word of the Torah in the pen, in the, in the synagogue worship. Where here, Here's an example. Jesus in Luke chapter four, he goes into the synagogue, and you might be familiar with this one. He takes the scroll, he opens it up. It's in Isaiah. He reads from Isaiah. He's not doing something that's kind of like this bold move that you know, nobody does. He's doing what actually always happens is there's a reading from the scroll, and then it says he sat down. And seated is the posture in synagogues of a teacher and so it implies, we're not, we're not certain, but it implies that he read and then he sat down and taught on what he just read in the synagogue. So this practice of reading scripture and teaching on it goes back not only uh, pre-reformation to where it's the, or pre-printing press to where it was the only way that people heard God's word or read it, uh, but it goes back even pre-church in the practice of the Jewish people. Um, so after the lector says... The word of the Lord, we say, what do we say? The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. And this is far from just formulaic. We say the same thing regardless of what's been read. We might have heard something just read that we really have a hard time with. That doesn't make us very comfortable, we don't like, or it's confusing, whatever. But no matter what, and it might have been, by the same token, very comforting, but regardless of what it is, our response is thanks be to God. We might prefer to say, no thanks, God. (laughs) That's a hard word. I don't know what to do with that. No thanks, God. Or I'll be the judge of that, might be our response to hearing the word of God. But instead, we simply say every single time, no matter what is read, thanks be to God. Because we believe that God's word, taken as a whole, read as a whole, and rightly understood is a word of life for us. Our readings follow the Revised Common Lectionary, and um, over the course of three years, what that means, a lot of churches follow this Revised Common Lectionary, other denominations, and um, what that means is over the course of three years, we're going to get the span of Scripture. It's not every single word of Scripture that's covered, but through all the books and sections, major sections and themes, the whole from Genesis to Revelation gets uh, gets represented quite fully in the reading of the church throughout a three-year cycle. So if you live your life in the church, in a church that reads scripture publicly um, over your lifetime you're going you're going to get that the story multiple times of God's word. Anglicans worship with our whole bodies in fact we uh, even in this this moment of scripture reading, we stand at times we sit at times for the reading of God's word, we kneel to pray uh, or we cross ourselves and, and make the sign of the cross on us, and often for people, that, what that represents is kind of loving God with all of our heart, mind, and strength, with all of our heart, mind, and strength, and that, the, the gesture kind of covers all three of those categories. In the reading of Scripture, we stand often, you might notice this, to pray the Psalms, and when the Psalm is introduced, it's not introduced of, please stand as we read Psalm da-da-da-da. The word is not read, it's pray, because the Psalms are prayers. So other, uh, like a reading from the epistles or the, the gospel might, is a, or the Old Testament is a, a reading that is, it's read to us, but when we sit, the Psalms are something we collectively are saying to God, an address to God, it's a prayer. So we say, please stand. And generally in our liturgy, you know, worship, standing and kneeling are postures of prayer. So you go from seated and as you listen to God's word to standing to pray the psalms. We cover four areas of scripture in those uh, in the readings the Old Testament, this the Bible Jesus read, the Psalms, which were the the hymn book of the church for most of history and um, and then the epistles, which are the story of the church, and then finally the gospel, which is the story of Jesus. Let me say a word about the gospel, and then we'll get to it, um, into the readings, that you've noticed that the gospel is processed out to the center of the church and read from right there in the middle of the room. And as that happens, if you look around, you'll see the whole room is turning and facing and following the gospel. And when it's being read from right there, all eyes are faced right there into that center. And there's a reason that we process the gospel to the middle. And it's a couple of symbolisms that it has. One is, this is the Word of God, and in John chapter 1, where it talks about Jesus as the Word, it says the Word became flesh in the person of Jesus. And as we bring the gospel, this book, this Word, into the middle of the enfleshed bodies, the body of Christ, we're saying... Lord, let your word be enfleshed in us. Your word is right here in the middle of people. It's it's an incarnational move as the word goes into the among the people. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. And then the other thing that's happening is that when all eyes are on the center of the room and the gospel is right there being read, Jesus being proclaimed, it says we are a Jesus-centered church. At that moment, we're not all shoulder to shoulder facing the front. We're all facing the center as a gospel and Jesus-centered church. So let's hear now from God through his word. I'd like the lector to come up. and You may be, remain seated for the reading of God's word.
2: Good morning, Christchurch. The first reading is from the book of Genesis. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. God saw that the light was good. And he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening and there was morning, the first day. The word of the Lord. Please stand. Let us pray Psalm 29 antiphonally by whole verse beginning with the east side of the room. Ascribe to the Lord, you gods. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord glory to his name. Worship
3: the Lord in the beauty of
2: holiness. The voice of the Lord is upon the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord is upon the mighty waters. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedar trees. The Lord breaks the cedars of Lebanon. The voice of the Lord splits the flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. And in the temple of the Lord, all are crying, Glory. The Lord shall give strength to his people. The Lord shall give his people the blessing of peace. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Amen. Please be seated. The second reading this morning is from the Acts of the Apostles. While Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples and asked them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So Paul asked, then what baptism did you receive? John's baptism, they replied. Paul said, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him, that is in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. There were about twelve men in all. The word of the Lord. Thanks
1: be to God. Would you please stand for the gospel song? We three keys of orient, and God bearing gifts we traverse afar field and fountain.
4: Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. Mark. Glory to you, Lord Christ. And so John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him. Confessing their sins, they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. John wore clothing made of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. And this was his message. After me comes the one more powerful than I, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven You are my Son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. The Gospel of the Lord.
1: Praise to you, Lord Christ. Glorious now, behold Him arise. King and God and sacrifice. Heaven sings out.
0: a seat. Now, so here's where uh, comes the sermon, which is an extension of the reading of God's words. It's an expounding upon the scripture. This is that point in the service where you listen to a talk that's witty and insightful and humorous and deeply compelling and life-changing, preached by Father Matt, <laughs> that... Um, Speaking of Father Matt and preaching, I'm going to pause what we're doing with the service right here to acknowledge um, something that you might have gotten an email about. If you're in our email distribution list, um, you would have seen this. If not, go to our homepage, scroll down, and subscribe because that's where all the news comes. Um, But what you would have found out is the conclusion of a process that we've been going through. A few months ago, and this is for those who might be new here, a few months ago, I announced that I would be stepping down sometime into 2024 as rector of the church. And so, the vestry began a process of of seeking uh, the Lord and what to do, and quickly concluded that the first step was to enter into a conversation with Father Matt and see in mutual discernment if that's what God might be calling us to, to extend the offer and him to, uh, he and Lexi, to receive. And so, the, the vestry decided that that would be the first step, that that was the, the direction that, the God, that God was leading, and then formed an interview team. The interview team had people from the vestry. It had non-vestry members from among the congregation here. It had one staff member, uh, which was Kim Polk. I was not part of that team, and they all did an extensive interview process with Matt, um, rigorous, lots of excellent questions, penetrating questions and conversations, and, um, and we even had an outside Um, ministry consulting, ministry staffing consulting firm that did some assessment um, of Matt and the process and looking at who we are as a church and assessing a sense of fit. So after all of that, um, the vestry and the interview team unanimously uh, felt that it was God's leading to extend an offer to Father Matt. And Father Matt said yes. (laughs) Yes. So we are uh, super excited about this, and that transition at the, you know, that moment where I'm no longer rector and he's rector, will be a few months away. We'll have some more information about the timeline. It'll be before summer, but it's not like imminent in the next few weeks or a month or two. So we'll get all those details to you. But um, I want you to know how delighted I am. I couldn't feel more joy and excitement about the future of Christchurch than I do right now, so I'm going to hand it over to Father Matt.
4: Thank you, Cliff. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll have more chances to talk in the, the coming, you know, weeks and months. But um, right now, I just want to communicate I feel like so honored and so humbled. And part of that, I feel honored because I love you. I love this church. I love Christ Church. So humbled to think about what it might mean to lead Christ Church. Um, I've been here five and a half years, and some of you were there uh, five and a half years ago. When I came into Christ Church, I was a deacon, and actually, I was a a new Anglican myself, but had been ordained a deacon. Um, I was ordained a priest here from among this congregation. I've been formed by you so much. When I think of what does it mean to lead Christ Church? I think of, um, I think of people. I was talking to our bishop, Bishop Todd, and talking about this process and, and praying through the the discernment. And he asked me this question. He said, "What draws you to Christ Church?" And of any number of different things I could list or mention, I just started naming names. I said Art and Sue Schneider draw me to Christ Church, or. Uh, Duffy and Lori Hobbs or any number of different people that I've been in relationship over the past five and a half years because I felt formed by this church, carried by this church, just a sense of um, who I am. I've celebrated with y'all. We've gone on parish retreats together. There's a picture of me in the staff office you maybe have seen before. You might remember the moment where a youth is pieing me in the face and this youth. Um, and there's, it's just a moment of capture, but it just kind of celebrates like this is the church that I've been a part of. I've, I've wept with you. And I've, I've led through some serious moments of tragedy with you and difficult moments within the church, um, celebrated when we moved into this property and then honoring our history and our legacy of the church, the congregation that was before us as we installed the mosaic uh, this, past, this past year. And so when I think of the, just what's being called, what's being asked, what I'm responding to right now, I just feel a sense of, of honor to be considered um, to be one to help lead this congregation, and then just the humbling that really got me of all people. Part of the honor, I feel, too, is uh, towards Cliff and Christine and the ways that I've been formed. It, my previous work was in campus ministry. I didn't, I wasn't formed in a church, and, um, and so to come here and to learn how to be a pastor from Cliff has um, meant so much, and then from Christine, uh, you might know this, but Matthew twenty-five was birthed out of Christ Church. We gave birth to this provincial caring for the least of these initiative that's happening right now, and that's been a huge part of my own formation process. When I think about um, when I think about you, Christ Church, I just it's joy. Just think of joy of loving you, of getting to serve you as pastor, as one who cares for you, and. Um, and gives attention to praying for you and helping you just honor Jesus in all the ways of your life, in your worship, in your daily living, in your families, your friendships. That's, the, that's what I hear the call towards, and that's what I'm delighted uh, to step into. So um, thank you, and we'll get, we'll get more chances to talk in the coming weeks and months. I want to invite up now our senior warden, uh, Leslie Cameron, our senior warden of the vestry. And the vestry, uh, another one of those Anglican terms, is kind of like the board, the governing board for a church. And Leslie is kind of the director of the board, the senior warden. So I'll let her say a few words here.
5: This is big. This is a big time for our church, but we have been led by our loving God to this place. And I want to just give you such assurance that we have prayed, we have fasted. Uh, We, meaning the vestry, meaning uh, Cliff and and Matt both, uh, Lexi and Christine. And we are so excited about what God has for us in these next uh, few months, the years to come. Uh, The process, they've already spoken to it. I just want to say a word or two. Uh, we we turned over every stone. <laughs> we looked thoroughly, uh, as Cliff talked about. We did hire one of the premier uh, search companies uh, that looks looks for um, church staff members and and rectors and pastors, and everything came back with every finger pointing straight to Matt and. We are just um, very, very excited. Our interview team made up, as Cliff said, of members of our congregation, the vestry staff member. uh, They came back with unanimous. This is the one for us for the next season. So that was just a little bit about the process. The the person that is going to lead our congregation for the coming years, hopefully the coming decades, um, we've gotten a catch. Y'all know that. you know, he, he was being pursued by other parishes uh, here in the U.S., but uh, I want to say very clearly, he chose us, and I just, I love that. I love that. Uh, this, this new season for our parish is going to be exciting. It's going to be bright. It's going to be different, and the fact that Cliff and Christine will no longer be here, uh, that's hard. That kind of change is hard. But we all need to realize that this is Christ Church. And just as Cliff talked about the word being the center, he is the foundation. He is the anchor. And with him leading our parish and with Matt seeking God's will, uh, it's going to be an incredible time. As we talked about back in October, our church is healthy uh, financially, relationally, uh, missionally. And that will continue And we are just so excited about your yes, uh, not only to our parish but to the Lord's call. And it is a time of uh, holy fear because uh, this is going to be new for all of us. But we are behind you 1,000% with prayer and with encouragement. Uh, What's coming next, the next steps, uh, we don't exactly know except that we know that Matt will lead us there. Uh, as, as Cliff said, this is not going to be, you know, Cliff today and Matt next Sunday. But there will be a time of transition, and just as Matt has got to learn, has gotten to learn from Cliff for the last five and a half years how to do pastoral care, how to do staff health and relationships. Uh, there'll be that continuing transfer of knowledge these, these coming weeks that are ahead. And then there will be a time of celebration, a time of appreciation for both Christine and for you, Cliff, for your, your decade of ministry to this parish and your, your selfless uh, ministry to this parish, which has, again, been the model that, that Matt's gotten to see in these last years. Um, we all will have an opportunity to say to Cliff and to Christine, well done, my good and faithful servant and enter into your master's happiness the joy that he has for you um if you have any questions the the vestry is here to answer and again we are just so excited and we're so pleased that god has brought us to this place thank you Matt. thank you
0: thank you leslie and uh father matt and this really is a special day and um I want to say uh, uh, just how much Christine and I love you and want you to know that and uh, look forward to ways that, Christine, would you wave your hand? Not everybody knows who you are. Christine's over there in the corner. It's my wife and, um, and Lexi standing beside her. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, we just really love you and, and we will have times to be able to share with each other some memories and look back together as we also look forward and celebrate together what God is doing. Um, let me say a word of prayer, and then we're gonna, I'm going gonna to transition uh, back to a couple of comments before we move to the next part of the service. Father, thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you for um, your provision in Father Matt and Lexi. And um, thank you for everybody who spent so many hours, the vestry, the extra hours there, the interview team, and all the hours and prayer, conversation, and thought that they put into the process um, to Matt and Lexi, as they too, um, over the past few months, have, have kind of dialed up that, the activity of, of seeking and listening and uh, discerning. So we thank you, Lord, for all that's led to this moment. Most of all, your goodness, your providence, your provision. We love you, Jesus. And uh, we thank you for your love for us to which we just respond. In your name we pray. Amen. Um, quick word now on what happens next is um, we go from the sermon at, to the creed. And what's happening when we confess the Nicene Creed is we've heard God's word read. We've heard it expounded. And then the creed is just a way of us saying, we believe that. We just heard from God in his word. We just heard the teachings of God. We believe it, and so we confess our faith together in those words of the creed, which is centuries, centuries old. Sometimes during times of doubts or struggles, it's helpful to confess our faith with the whole community because we can carry each other in times of doubt or struggles. I love this quote from Father Thomas McKenzie. Um, In his book, The Anglican Way, by the way, we have a class called The Anglican Way where we do it once a year. You can learn more about Anglicanism, Um, Excuse me, and it's based on this book, but listen to what he says about the togetherness of confessing the creed. When we confess the creed together on Sundays, we're restating our most deeply held beliefs about the nature of God. However, I know that not everyone who is saying the creed in our church necessarily understands all of it or believes all of it at any given moment. Most of us, myself included, struggle with aspects of our faith from time to time. Is Jesus really coming back? Was he really born of a virgin? Are my sins really forgiven? Part of the greatness of the creed is that it's not an individual statement of faith. It's a statement of the faith of the entire church. When I say it, or sing it as in done in some of our congregations, When I say it, I'm saying it not only for myself, but also on behalf of the church. If I'm struggling with part of it today, I'm carried along by all those who are confessing it together. I can lean on the witness of the saints, just as sometimes my brothers and sisters in Christ can lean on me. That's what happens in the confession of the creed. and Then we turn and the priest will say, please kneel or stand for our prayers, and we go directly from hearing God's word and saying, I believe that in the form of the creed, to then kneeling before him in prayer. And um, after our, our prayer, covers a number of categories, what's going on in the world, in our parish, specific individuals that we pray for by name, we pray for God's church. And then after the prayers, uh, the priest stands up and says, the peace of the Lord be always with you. And that's another moment that's not just a like a greet your neighbor moment, though it is that. It is entirely that. We encourage that. But what's happening in the shape of the liturgy and the meaning of what's happening in the passing of the peace is that we are now, having been nourished by God's word, confessed the faith, prayed to him, now we're moving to enact the kingdom with each other. It's a symbol of the kingdom that has come. This is More than a chance to just stretch your legs, though it is that. It's a chance to stand up and say, God's shalom that we just heard about is for you, and it's for you, and it's for you. And we walk around the room to strangers and people we know, and we say, the shalom of God be with you. The peace of God be with you. Let's now live this out. Let's enact the kingdom. In the third century, there were some congregations, there's a record of this, that would have the deacons, one of the deacons, call aloud at this point in the service, at the passing of the peace, third century, the deacon would say, is there anybody here that has something against anybody else here? <laughs> Get right before you come to the table. And then, then the service would move to the table. And um, we don't do that, obviously, but that's the spirit of it. That's what the, the peace says, we are a people of Shalom. We are a people that seek reconciliation with each other, that we come together to the table as one church from all kinds of ethnicities, cultures, backgrounds, gender, age. We're one, and we come to the table as one. And when we pass the peace to each other, we're declaring that that is who we are as God's people coming to his table. So as pilgrims, together with those who've gone before us, I invite you now to please stand and let's say this creed confessing it together. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy, catholic, and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. I invite you now to kneel or stand for our prayers.
2: From the rising of the sun to its setting, let us pray to the Lord. That the people of God in all the world may worship in spirit and in truth, let us pray to the Lord. In joy, we pray, light Light of Christ shine shine in us. us. That the church may discover again that unity which is the Father's will. Let us pray to the Lord. In joy, we pray, light Light of Christ Christ, shine in us, us. that the nations of the earth may seek after the ways that make for peace. Let us pray to the Lord. In joy, we pray, light Light of Christ Christ, shine in in us, that the whole creation groaning in travail may be set free to enjoy the glorious liberty of the children of God. Let us pray to the Lord. In joy, we pray, light of Christ shine in us, that with all the saints in light, we may shine forth as lights for the world. Let us pray to the Lord. Enjoy, we pray, light of Christ, shine in us. That those from our own parish who are experiencing any sickness or hardship, especially Diana Bridgman, Rachel Chisholm, Matson Duncan, Nate Gabrich, Jan Garvin, Eric Kaufman, Donna Lloyd, Amanda McCammett, Slater McLaughlin, Christine Warner and Jean Whitehurst, and others you have laid on our hearts, would experience deliverance from their trouble. Let us pray to the Lord. In joy, we pray. Light of Christ, shine in us. Let us commend the world to which Christ showed the way to the mercy and protection of God.
0: Eternal Lord, our beginning and our end, bring us with the whole creation to your glory, hidden through past ages and made known in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Please stand. The peace of the Lord be
4: always with you. Also with you. All right, Christ Church, go ahead and grab a seat. If you would. And I've got a couple of announcements to share with you this morning. And, um, you know, as you're making your way back to your seat, we're kind of doing this liturgy tour this morning. And even what we're doing right now, these announcements, this kind of, it, it, it actually does something. Rather than just in a bulletin or whatever else, we're kind of having like a living room moment, kind of the, the whole family sitting together and sharing updates Just about the family of our church. So um, if you are visiting with us, welcome to the living room. Welcome to a family meeting moment that we're having. And if you are visiting with us, we're delighted to be worshiping with you today. Again, this is a fun day as we're going through this liturgy tour. After the service today, if you're visiting, Father Cliff and myself will be back by these double doors. And we'd love for you to come on back and introduce yourselves. We'd love to say hello and to meet you. Also, if you are visiting, um, back at the back of the rooms... By, these, by each of the doors on the side, there's a gift for you. We have a small booklet called Compline. And uh, what it is, it's nighttime prayers that you can pray uh, right before you fall asleep. And if you're new to the Anglican tradition, um, this might be a really good way to begin praying written prayers. And it's our gift to you as you're worshiping today. All right, coming up in the life of the church, um, I mentioned this last week, but Father Herb, he is our evangelist in residence. He is leading an evangelism and outreach spring cohort. Um, This will meet six times over the course of the semester. Uh, It's going to begin February 5th. It meets three times in February and then a couple more times once a month after that. Um, But the idea behind this is as soon as you hear evangelism, that word evangelism, you might You might have all sorts of different kind of ideas going with it. Um, The purpose of Herb's class is to help give a biblical basis of what is evangelism and how should you be thinking about evangelism and then some practical training about actually how to share the faith. And we believe that God has gifted and wired each person a little bit differently to begin to, to share and communicate this good news. And this class helps you figure out how has God shaped me to be able to communicate his good news. I'm not going to be on a street corner with a bullhorn. What then should I do? How, how, do, I, how do I communicate this message? So um, if that's of interest to you, you want to figure out this great commission, how are we called to make disciples of all nations, to communicate the, the gospel, go online, you can find out more information there. You can register. The first class will be February 5th, and then there will be a meeting um, every so often after that. Also coming up, this is our second year that we are excited to have a faith in arts retreat. And a lot of excitement about that. There are a number of artists in this church. Also, the way all of us are made, we're all made to be what's called sub-creators. God's the creator. We're sub-creators. We're playing in his sandbox but some of us have a particular even vocational calling or the inclination that is seedling of a calling. So this retreat for makers and for artists, this is for you. It's February 9th through 11th. Um, it'll be an hour north of here at Cedar Break, a beautiful retreat center. So you'll get some outdoor time, some beauty in creation You'll get friendship, community time with the community. Last year, when this retreat happened, they came back and they had produced this Lenten altarpiece. If you remember the altarpiece we had last year during Lent, that mosaic of Jesus on the cross, um, there's even something that was produced out of this. So I'm, there, there's making that happens while you're there, even collaborative making. So you can go online, find out more information, you can register. Katie Fox. Our, um, our director of arts ministry right here, um, you can speak with her as well, and she can give you more information, but that's coming up February 9th. And then lastly, something we do around here pretty regularly is called a newcomer's dinner. And if you are new-ish to the church, and you kind of get to define what new-ish means, but today could be your first day, you could have been coming here for six months, a year, but still haven't come to a newcomer's dinner, this dinner is for you. And what this is, it's a chance for anyone who's new to Christ Church and wants to understand a little bit more the stories of the church. Um, We sit together in someone's home. It's a lovely kind of someone opens their house, lovely dinner together all at one or multiple tables. And we share stories with one another, stories about how we've come to the church. Father Cliff's there. I'm there. Kester Smith, our small group pastor, is there. We share some of our story. Um, We also just talk a little bit about what Christ Church is about And you know, there's so many ways we could do this. We could just host a meeting immediately after the church. Um, But there's something about being in a home and being around a table. In fact, if you're newer to Anglicanism, you'll find out we love food. (laughs) We love tables. That is a common theme that you will often hear. Um, So... If you're newer to the church, we invite you and we'd love to meet you and get to know you a little bit more. Come to this newcomer's dinner. It'll be on January 20th. You can go online to register. And um, even if all the space is taken and you register for the wait list, go ahead and put your name on the wait list because that lets us know how soon we need to host another newcomer's dinner. All right, uh, does anyone have a birthday or a wedding anniversary they're celebrating? If you do, come on up front. And one of our practices around here is each week we want to say a prayer of blessing over you if it's your birthday or maybe a wedding anniversary. Um, and just a, a time for the whole church to get to bless you. So we'll have birthdays over on this side, wedding anniversaries over on that side. How old are you turning? Nine, Nine years old. Happy birthday. <laughs> and how old are you turning? Twelve, 12 years old. Happy birthday. All right, stretch a hand out. Let's say a prayer of blessing over these who are celebrating. Watch over thy children, O Lord, as their days increase. Bless and guide them wherever they may be. Strengthen them when they stand. Comfort them when discouraged or sorrowful. Raise them up if they fall. And in their hearts may thy peace, which passes all understanding, abide all the days of their lives. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Happy birthday to all of you. All right, and for y'all, how many years has it been? 16. 16, congratulations. <laughs> Such a handout and say a prayer of blessing over this couple. Oh God, you have so blessed the covenant of marriage that in it is represented the spiritual unity between Christ and his church. Send your blessing upon these, your children, that their lives together may continue to reflect your love and forgiveness that their home may be a haven of blessing and peace. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Happy anniversary to you all. And happy birthday. And now I'm about to say a few words. Walk in love. And uh, we, I say this every week. But it, what we're doing right now is we're situating even our offering as an act of liturgy. And many of you give online. And um, that's one of the reasons we offer those wooden coins in the back. So that you can come in and you can participate in this moment of the liturgy. Now walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself for us as an offering and a sacrifice unto God.
1: Arise, shine, for your light has come And the glory of God is on you Arise, see, when the earth goes dark, that the Lord will arise upon you. The Lord will arise upon you. Nations will come to your light. Lift up your eyes and see. We'll gather together and come to you, and your love will be all that. Your love will be all that we know Arise, come to the open gates For the Father is welcoming you Fear not, for the Lord brings peace And redemption to all who believe Redemption to all who believe will come to your light Lift up your eyes and see We'll gather together and come to you And your love will be all that we know Your love will be all that we know The sun will not shine Cause you'll be all the light that we need And violence will end All the wars that we wage will cease. We will. sing together. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him all creatures here below. Praise Him Father son and holy ghost
0: amen Before we move straight into Eucharist just a few words about what's happening I use the word Eucharist sometimes that's how it's called sometimes it's called the Lord's Supper Sometimes it's called communion. These all speak to something different about what this is. The word Eucharist comes from an old Greek word that means thanks, to give thanks, and that's at the heart of what's happening: is this offering up to God from our own lives and all creation for His blessing to kind of come down upon these elements and our lives and all creation. Um, I want to commend to you a few teachings because we don't have time for it in a context like this, but. On our YouTube channel, if you go to the playlist, there's a little tab that's called Table Talk. So in our YouTube channel playlist, you can go and there's three different talks by three different theologians that we have invited at Christ Church to speak to what is this, what's happening here. And um, so you can go and learn more about that, uh, about what's happening at the table theologically and biblically and spiritually um, on those lists. Um, I want to move to then say, okay, when you come forward, you receive communion, and what's happening then, and how do you do that? Um, you'll see people come, and they'll put their hands up, and part of this is a posture of reception. Um, we receive God's grace. We receive the presence of God. We don't, we don't take it so much as receive it, and so we're given his grace, and we take this communion, and, and we come up with different mindsets or heart landscapes, you might say it. Maybe you come some Sunday with a heart that's just full of remorse and humility and um, you're seeking God's mercies and that's the spirit of another day, you may come full of joy and celebration and that's the, that's the space you're in and you're, you come up and in, in saying, God, thank you for your goodness in my life. That's appropriate. Maybe you're seeking courage for something in your life and you're saying, God, as, as I feed on you in, in this food and drink that is you, would you fill me? with the courage I need for what I'm about to face or do. Maybe it's a yearning, an ache. It feels like an, a, a, an emptiness or a hole. There's just a longing for God to fill that. And you say, God, would you come and fill this place in me that's aching for you? So there's all kinds of ways to approach it. My main um, encouragement to you would be, be mindful as you come forward. Where am I today? How, what am I seeking as I come? What do I desire from Jesus today? Do I need comfort? Do I need courage? Do I have this ache that I need Him? I'm asking Him to meet me in. Just how are you coming to Him to receive from Him? And then the last thing, when you're not receiving communion, you're out in uh, in the congregation, you're seated, you're worshiping, and it's a time of extended worship. So enter in as we were talking about this full throated singing congregation. Enter in fully into worship, or maybe you prefer to kneel on the kneelers in silence. And just let the worship wash over you, but let that be also an intentional time of engaging with God.
4: Amen. The Lord is here. And
0: is
3: with
4: us. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to
3: give him and
4: praise. It is right, our duty, and our joy, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, Creator of Heaven and Earth. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who took on our mortal flesh to reveal his glory, that he might bring us out of darkness and into his own glorious light. And therefore, we praise you, joining our voices with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, who forever sing this hymn to proclaim the glory of your name. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest. Holy and gracious Father, in your infinite love you made us for yourself. And when we had sinned against you and become subject to evil and death, you in your mercy sent your only Son, Jesus Christ, into the world for our salvation. By the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, he became flesh and dwelt among us. In obedience to your will, he stretched out his arms upon the cross and offered himself once for all, that by his suffering and death, we might be saved. By his resurrection, he broke the bonds of death, trampling hell and Satan under his feet. As our great high priest, he ascended to your right hand in glory, that we might come with confidence before the throne of grace. On the night that he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus Christ took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in the remembrance of me. Likewise, after supper, Jesus took the cup. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this. In the remembrance of me. Therefore, we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. We celebrate the memorial of our redemption, O Father, in this sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving. And we offer you these gifts. Sanctify them by your word and Holy Spirit to be for your people the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Sanctify us also that we may worthily receive this holy sacrament and may be made one body with him, that he may dwell in us and we in him. In the fullness of time, put all things in subjection under your Christ and bring us with with all your saints into the joy of your heavenly kingdom, where we shall see our Lord face to face. All this we ask through your son, Jesus Christ, by him and with him and in him. In the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. And now, as our Savior Christ has taught us, we are bold to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Hallelujah! Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast. These are the gifts of God for you, the people of God. Take them in remembrance that Christ died for you and feed on him in your hearts by faith and with thanksgiving.
1: the pro God Almighty.
4: will build my life.
0: please join me in our prayer for mission. Heavenly Father, we thank you for feeding us with the spiritual food of the most precious body and blood of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, and for assuring us in these holy mysteries that we are living members of the body of your Son and heirs of your eternal kingdom. And now, Father, send us out to do the work you have given us to do, to love and serve you as faithful witnesses of Christ our Lord, to him, to you, and to the Holy Spirit, be honor and glory, now and forever. Amen. Now, if you would, remain standing for just a moment with a couple of final comments. At this stage in the service, what's happening, what we just prayed is the post-communion prayer, also called the prayer for mission, because having been fed by God in his word, at his table, and among his people. We then go out, nourished and strengthened by him to be salt and light in the world, to go out in mission, to go out and be the hands and the feet of Jesus, to have the gospel on our lips and, uh, and uh, in the ways that we live and serve in our workplaces, on the streets, in our homes, to go out as kingdom people. And, um, and then we process into the world... And again, this is a representation of all of you, and we represent the whole people of God going out into the world to love and serve the people around us. Um, It's kind of cool that this service today, we have Matthew 25 people with us. It was just referenced earlier, Matthew 25 is our our continental, really, that's all of North America, um, denominational movement to see works of mercy and justice advanced through our churches. And it was started right here at Christ Church by my wife, Christine, and she leads it. And the board is in town right now. And we got several of you here from around the country to meet and plan for the year ahead. Would you raise your hand if you're part of Matthew 25 and the board here? So we've got people in, in earlier service, in this service, and some others coming in this afternoon. Welcome to you guys, and thank you for the ways that you go out into the streets and to the workplaces and all over this country, leading your own communities to serve the least of these. We honor you and thank you. And now the peace of God which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and your minds in the knowledge and the love of God and of his Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be upon you and remain with you always. Amen.
1: with gladness men of old did the guiding star behold as with joy they hailed its light of the Lord, alleluia, alleluia, alleluia.